Hello, welcome to the Heartled Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Abby McGrew, and today I'm so, so excited to share my conversation with Shreya Agarwal, the founder of Kaftari. Shreya is a former Durham store fragrance buyer turned wellness founder. She has always been a lover of fragrance and the important role that it plays in our lives. Many of her early childhood memories are linked back to specific fragrance notes, but it wasn't until she found herself dealing with mental health issues and insomnia that she really began to view fragrance as not just an indulgence, but a powerful tool to improve her well-being. That's what led her to start Kaftari, a fragrance brand that uses neurosense to activate different areas of the brain and support your wellness journey. Now, Sharia and I actually have history. So my design studio, Wayfarer, worked with her for over a year developing Kaftari's brand identity, product packaging, and Shopify website. So obviously I'm a little bit biased, but... Her products are amazing, and the brand has gotten some amazing opportunities since launching in November of 2023, like being featured on Oprah Daily, Beauty Independent, W Magazine, and Mind Body Green. So in this conversation, Shreya and I chat about taking the leap to start her own business, some of the big challenges that she's faced with manufacturing, and how she's currently working to get her product into retail and finding spa partners. There's so much stuff for us to get into, so let's jump straight over to the episode. Hey, Shreya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk with me. It's always an extra special day whenever I get to chat with someone who I've worked with. So thank you so much. Of course. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I always start by asking people, what was your dream job as a kid? Wow. And my dream job as a kid, I think probably what I was doing right before I quit and then it is what I'm doing now. So I'm, I feel like I'm pretty lucky in that regard. For context, I, yeah, I used to be a buyer and I grew up watching Friends. And so Rachel Green, everyone would always tell me, you just act like Rachel Green. You feel like, you know, you could just be a buyer and everyone kind of just told me that. And so I had that in my head. But I think deep down inside, I always knew that I wanted to start my own company. I Grew up watching my dad be an entrepreneur his whole life, and it was just something that him and I had in common, and I wanted to to do that after I got some experience. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I'd love to dive a little more into your story. And you already mentioned you were a buyer before starting Kaftari. So yeah, how how did that like transition go? Like at what point you're working in that world? And at what point did you decide, okay, I think I am going to go for it and build my own company? And then why specifically choosing like fragrance? Yeah. So I always knew that I wanted to work for some time before before quitting and, and building my business. And it was just a matter of when. And then when I was in the industry, I just noticed that there was a couple things. A, I was already in the fragrance industry. I was a buyer for fragrances specifically. But B, because I loved fragrance, which is why I had the job in the first place. So I knew I always wanted to start my own fragrance company. It was always in my head. It wasn't like, oh, I want to start a company. I don't know what it was going to be. No, it's going to be a fragrance company. 
it's just been a huge part of my life. I've, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I love wearing it. I love experiencing it. And I love to share that with other people. But the timing wise, for me, I wanted to do it as young as possible, because I think that it's so easy to, you know, I mean, it's the, the experience is always a good thing. But at the end of the day, like, if you want to run your own company, you have to think like a founder and like, you're not going to get that experience by being at a job. Sure, you can get mm-hmm. other skills. But to me, like nothing is really transferable. So I kind of view it as the opportunity of time that I get increasing my like, risk horizon. I'm relatively still young. I want to do this. I want to build. And of course, you know, I had the support financially and emotionally from my family. And that's kind of what helped me take the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, whenever like that, that moment that you were like, okay, I'm going to do this. What was like the first step <laughs> that you took to think like, okay, what type of products am I going to have? Like, what's the name going to be? What was, yeah, what was like your first step? So the name and the, and the name and the website had already been bought before Mm -hmm. I even started my (laughs) job. So I was paying like Shopify, whatever, $30 a month for like two years with like zero, like nothing. Like (laughs) the name was just, yeah, I don't know how I thought of it. The name for context doesn't have any meaning. I just like the way it sounds. It's derived from the word other, which means fragrance in Hindi or Urdu, but like it's not something that means anything in and of itself. It was just something that I, I wanted to have a unique name that I can have the dot com that sounds elevated. And I and it did sound elevated to me. And so yeah, so for to answer your question, like the name and it was bought even before I started, like right after I graduated college, I was like, this is gonna be a business and this is like I was I'm manifesting this. Like I even wrote in my I it's so funny because I have like I go through all my like old pictures and notes and I think November nineteenth of twenty twenty, I have this random note saying like in three years or January twenty twenty three is when I'm gonna start my business and that's when I did. And so it was all kind of like predicated. Mm-hmm. Um but I kind of knew that that would happen. And for the product type, so I always wanted to do fine fragrance and, you know, personal. But in the industry, when I was working as a buyer, I noticed that, I mean, everything is saturated, but 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 candles are just a lot more accessible for new brands. I think when you have an, an emerging brand, having a product like candles that is easily giftable, easily like they're not as loyal to a specific brand is more digestible to the consumer rather than introducing a you know new fragrance. And so my plan is always to do, you know, personal as well. I just wanted to start off with candles as a, an introductory product so mm-hmm. that the consumer could get familiar with the brand, but also not have to make like a huge investment in the product since A, it's, you know, it's going to be more pricey, but B, it's a lot more a lot more easier to experiment with a product like a candle. Mhm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, were there any early like challenges that you faced starting the business or any like anything that you wish you'd known <laughs> um, <laughs> beforehand? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that everyone wishes they would have known, but yeah. yeah, anything like that that you're willing to share? I mean, yeah, there's so many. The biggest thing definitely is 
is manufacturing and supply chain. And it is so difficult to make a product in the US. And I had a lot of like standard like criteria. I needed to be made in the US. I needed to be the packaging to be 100% recyclable. I needed to have this color. I needed to have like, I mean, I, I can, I have like the product right here. Like we needed to have the engravings. We, you know, needed to have the same like deboss pattern on the outside. And so like having so much in the packaging plus our product being science focused, like we had a lot of bottlenecks in the formulation. And I mean, I, I would say that the formulation should be the most important part um, of the, of the whole process. Cause that is, you know, that's your bread and butter. That's like why people are buying it, but packaging is equally as important. So what I would tell myself, you know, before is I had a very like tight timeline to be like, okay, in three months, we're going to launch this in four months, we're going to do this. And it's never the case. I think when you're building something from scratch, a new product, especially with a new formula, it should be like, I mean, it did take a year, it took a year. And I, you know, totally could have taken longer, depending on how things went. So I think the biggest challenge was recognizing the the time tax that is there when you are bringing a new product, especially when you have all these like restrictions and just being patient with it and, and understanding how, you know, supply chain works. Because even though it's made in the U.S., sometimes we don't source like international shipping is a lot, you know, and, and our oils are made in France. And like that is a different like process to get here. So it's a a lot of things have to converge to for it to happen and everything has to converge at the at the same time and so there's there's a lot a lot of different moving parts essentially but i feel like that was definitely the most challenging part up until now just getting mm-hmm. yeah yeah now i'd love to touch more on your approach to fragrance and like the formulations and stuff since you kind of brought that up because you're you know, you're selling candles, but they're not created with the same approach or like intention of your, just your average candle. There is this science-driven process behind them. So can you like talk people through what that looks like for you all? Like, you know, how you're choosing the initial sense and like the the intention behind the sense that you choose and how the science relates yeah. to it. Because of course, I that was... One of the things that was most interesting to me whenever we started working mm-hmm. together and really like informed the whole brand. So yeah, I'd love you to yeah. like break it down for people. Well, yeah. So for me, this brand has never just been about fragrance. It's been about wellness as like it's it's a broad concept. I don't even consider this a candle brand. I think it's a wellness brand. And so when I approach the, you know, product formulation, it that was at the top of my mind. And when we say it's science back, like what does that mean? We essentially have these, I essentially have these, this vision of how, uh, what mood I want to evoke. And mood, of course, is, you know, so heavily correlated to scent. Like the olfactory system is the only system in our body that's directly connected to our limbic system, which is responsible for mood and emotion and memory. And so scent is so interlinked into memory that it's really interesting how certain certain notes evoke certain emotions within us. And so when creating the formula, we sit down and say, which neurotransmitter, because essentially, you know, like what is, how are moods created? It's through like these synapses in our brain. And those neurotransmitters are 
sometimes highly active, sometimes not. And so the process of doing that is identifying which neurotransmitter it is that we want to evoke. And then based on like third-party research, we find like the specific essential oil that is like not directly correlated, but like has a high percentage of, you know, clash with that neurotransmitter. And so we use that and then, you know, go through testing the formula. We see how it reacts with people, not reacts in the sense like it's not a drug that you're going to see immediate results, but having some sort of baseline experiment where we can say, okay, like this, how do you feel? And so I think it's, that is when I say science backed, it's, it's more so the messaging of the science of scent and how scent impacts us on an emotional level. So people can get into like a ritual. So people can see scent as a meaningful part of their life, not necessarily take this, like you're going to be happy or you're going to be energized um, because that's not really what we're, we're not promoting a drug. It's not something that's going to like immediately make you happy, but it's recognizing how important scent is in our daily lives and how directly connected it is to our, you know, to, to, to our amygdala and hippocampus and hypothalamus. And then, and then using that messaging to kind of have people view scent as a ritual. And that's why we have the morning, the midday and the evening scent to get people you know, just just more in in the in the routine of using scent as a part of their wellness routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, I can talk on and on about the packaging because we did such a beautiful, beautiful job. But like, we have these lines are symbolic of the brain waves that are most dominant when you're experiencing this mood. So, like for example, this is our evening scent of Nirvana candle, very, very meditative and relaxing. And these theta brain waves are most dominant when we're meditative and relaxed. And so this has oud essential oil, which, you know, we found in previous third-party experiments that is is kind of like it's a little technical, but you know, we have it it, it releases it, it helps reduce hyperactivity in the HPA axis, which is like an axis in our brain. So it reduces that hyperactivity, which is, you know, that that research was done through third party. But we took that and said, hey, like we're using oud. And these are the, you know, the brainwaves that are most commonly associated. And so that is kind of a long-winded answer, but I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think it's so fascinating. And I think, I mean, of course, because we work together, I found it just like a really fun challenge since like you said, you're selling candles, but you don't view yourself as a candle company. And so that's where it's kind of this challenges you're like building the brand and everything to figure out okay how do we like communicate that (laughs) to people to show that it's because candles there are lots of candles out there but really trying to find I mean you found this really great niche like focus that you wanted to really come through and so it was just our job to kind of help figure out how to how to make it super clear and have the story be told through the visuals and and everything. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I think is really exciting about your business cuz on here I talk to a lot of founders who are primarily e-commerce brands, but you are also pursuing the retail side and specifically looking to partner with spas and sell your products in spas since it is a wellness focused 
product. So I would love to hear what has that process been like? Like, how are you currently, because you're currently in that process of like, you know, pitching to retailers and everything. How, how are you going about finding the retailers that you want to pitch the products to? And yeah, how are you going out approaching them? Because I'm sure people listening will be interested in like, how do I even start with that? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I think it's, as you said, I mean, there's so many candle brands. So how, why are they going to buy mine versus others? I think we have a really unique like storytelling point, which is what is the initial touch point. But how am I sourcing these, these spas essentially is through, it's really scrappy. It's like through online research and kind of just targeting one specific area. So I was back in San Francisco, you know, over the holidays in, in January. And Napa Valley is like really, really renowned for its, you know, resort spas and day spas. I, I, we target more resort spas, so like when people stay at the hotel and have a, you know, ha- have a spa in the hotel, because we find that with day spas, if you're going to spend on a facial, you might not spend like $60 on a candle. So it's people that people that are, you know, different kind of in a a luxury resort spa is is I feel like where they do well, or where I guess they're more responsive and then kind of just like targeting them going and looking up online, if they have an email address, emailing them, if not, then calling them and and asking like, hey, what's the, you know, email of the spa director or spa manager, and then going up and emailing them. And of course, it's just a name of game of numbers. So you're going to get like a hundred no's before yet one yes. And you kind of like, you know, just, just been kind of doing that process. Sometimes I've gone and, and met them, you know, show the product. Other times it's just like shipping them the product and seeing like how they like it or not. And they place an order. And then I think, yeah, like targeting one specific area. So for example, so right now we, we kind of finished targeting the Napa Valley area, then like the LA area and back in New York. So kind of just, you know, targeting this area, but helpful when you kind of have like, I want to today, I want to go to like these 20 and, you know, see what I can get. So it is, I mean, it's a sales job, like you're selling your product. And I think it's, it's the same thing when, if you, even if you were selling like printers or whatever, you're just like trying to sell it to people that would resell it. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just scrappy. And because it's, you know, it's a spa, usually there's not, like, it's just the spa director that has that decision-making challenge or or decision-making, I guess, responsibility versus bigger retailers. You know, there's the buyer, there's the senior buyer, then there's like the VP of merchandising. And there's a lot more steps that you have to take in order to get approved, of course. And I know that because like I used to be in that world. And so for now, you know, we're just, we're kind of just targeting spas and brick and mortar because because when I created this, you know, when we when we were creating the brand together, we always envisioned it to be in a spa. It is a very spa-centric product. And I think that people that come and want to relax have this like A for gifting, but B, you know, for their for their selves. And it's a nice, easy thing to to pick up and you don't have to have a lot of decision making on, oh, what, you know, it's it's not like a huge investment. And so I think it's an easy thing to to get when you're walking out of a treatment room as an additional like pick me up. So mm-hmm. yeah. 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 You mentioned how, you know, you you had this experience in the buying world. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that 
really helped prepare you for some of the stuff that you've now had to do as the founder. And now you're the one who's, yeah. you know, That's trying awesome. to get a hold of, of the buyers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obviously for an emerging brand like us, there is a power dynamic simply because of, you know, the scarcity and an abundance concept. Like I, you just have so many more brands and buyers and so many more brands and retailers as, as, as just given. So that means that there's a power dynamic. So there's obviously going to be 30 or 40 different people like me that are trying to get a hold of this one person. And I did feel that, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it prepared me per se, but it just leveled my expectations because I never like, I would always get inbound requests and I'd be like, I don't have to respond to this. Like I have a million things I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to respond to this because it's not part of my job. And then, you know, and then now on the other side, I was like, wow, this is, I, I just don't take it personally anymore. If yeah. somebody doesn't respond because I just know how many you get. And then I know how many my boss used to get. Like, it's just so not, it's just, in, you know, unless you, and uh, and that's another reason why, I think brands like me and like just in general should build like their direct consumer and build like a community first before approaching to to retailers because like if I'm a retailer and I don't know who you are, I'm not gonna open your email because I want I, I I'm not going to. So I think with spas it's a different direction because you are kind of, you know, you don't need to be like a household name to be sold there, but with retailers, it's it's tricky because I think people should really focus on cultivating that community because the first touch point shouldn't be at a retail store. It's you should, like consumers should come to that store because you're sold there, not the other way around, and that takes time. And so, I, to answer your question, did it to prepare me? I think it just prepared me to not feel discouraged because it's not personal at all. Like it's just the, it's just the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, do you have like a tip since you've been on both sides now? Do you have a tip of like when you are, if you're a founder with an emerging brand and you're trying to reach out to people, whether it be, you know, a retailer or a partner or something, you're in that game of like having to reach out to people and say, hey, you should check out my product. What do you think are some of the things that can like, like you should include to help stand out and maybe try to get someone to open the email. That wasn't a question I'd planned to ask. Yeah. I mean, I have an answer. That's fine. But I'm curious since you had to, you were the one on the receiving end of tons of emails and like. Well, I think it's just, there's so many like brands that just email with like a brief synopsis and then like a brand deck and like a brand deck is so generic. Anyone can make it. If there's a way, like, for example, we got featured in, Oprah daily like you know three months ago or something like that and I feel like if I had gone and and just do like through looking through our like email outreach and our open rate like that email was like it was titled like Oprah's pick and that had like 3x the open rate of any and 3x also the click-through rate of that you know of any other other emails which makes sense because like people are curious to see so I feel like if it was an open and I actually I just thought of this answer while I'm talking to you because I never even thought about it this way but maybe something like that has something catchy like that that's not just the brand deck and like the, the like three sentences of the brand because it's like so just 
overused so something like that and then one thing i would say to not do definitely is to send product without having their yes approval because it's mm. kind of creepy because like sometimes you can just you know the way you find an email address you can totally find the address of the person of the office and then send it like with attention to them and there was a lot of times where i would get product and like i didn't say yes to this product but, and then it would just keep like it would end up going to into the dustbin because like as a buyer and then like even editors right like you just get so much product I mean I don't think they would throw away this candle because I feel like it's different with you know beauty and like makeup and skincare and like this kind of product because like beauty skincare like there's just you never know you're not you're putting it on your face but like a lot of times I would get like because I was the makeup buyer too so I would get like a lot of makeup products and I was like I'm not using this like this is just this is just going in trash or like donation so a to like what I would say advice to do would be to like if you don't have press or something like that just to have some sort of you know something that's not just the brand deck and like the the summary so if it's not press you know it could be it could be something like you just maybe like the the like who you're working with for the formula or like something that's just distinct to your brand and like you're not gonna find anywhere else mm-hmm. I know it's really hard to do because it's just like what else can you do that's different but then to not do it like definitely don't send product without them saying yes because it's not gonna not gonna help you move across yeah yeah I totally get that <laughs> it would feel a little bit creepy and yeah yeah, I don't know. A little strange yeah. to just be receiving products that you never asked for. Okay, so I'm also curious, what's next for Kaftari? Like, what are you currently like working on? Any plans or, or anything upcoming that you can share with us? If there are secret things that you don't want to share, that's fine too. Yeah. But I think it's always exciting to hear how you know business never stops. You're always trying to grow and, and do more and, and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, business never stops. I mean, we still haven't launched Scent of Nirvana. It's gonna be March, the first week of March. So super excited for that. Planning on doing, you know, intimate like in person experience for that too in New York City. And then as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, you know, fine fragrance and personal has been something that I really wanted to do and I don't know if I can share that much in that regard, but definitely something that's on the horizon, like the next kind of what's new Mm -hmm. will be in that realm. I think it's something with the messaging that we have with, with, you know, neurosense, the concept and like using fragrances more than just an indulgence. It it works, works really well with home and ambiance related things, but also with personal, you know, you can kind of have that, um, that same same messaging but in a different way to make it more about you and you know your story as a person and so yeah I so definitely you know the launching Santa Ramana definitely we have we're mindful of like when we wanted to launch it and wanted to launch it after the first two for like you know to just 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 for momentum but then also you know we had some things that we need to do but then, you know, personal as a as a next chapter is mm-hmm. really exciting to delve into. Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. So yeah. from everything that you've accomplished so far as a founder, what would you say you're the most proud of? Mm, 
I think getting like the first B2B customer, like the first spa was something that was a indicator of a yeah just an indicator that oh wow people like actually want to buy this getting even like a first like random customer you know on online and we haven't paid any we haven't like spent any money on marketing so everything that's been inbound has been through organic instagram organic tiktok an organic newsletter from our email marketing list i mean we had a launch event and like we you know spent on PR, but like in terms of ads, there's been zero dollars spent. And so I've always found it interesting how people find like us because we are not, you know, we're not like super big yet. And so to get a random order, it's just a really cool experience. The fact that people around the country and, you know, it's interesting because we have a lot of, I mean, our Instagram, of course, it's like, you know, it's public, it's global. So there's a lot of international people that also come and ask, like, when is this going to be shipping worldwide and things like that. And so I think it's just the eagerness of of people that are willing to take a risk because, you know, buying from an emerging non, like an emerging new brand is a risk, right? You don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know how their shipping is going to be. You don't know how they're, they're going to handle returns. And I think it's really cool to see people from all over the world. Like, sh- I'm not saying we have like millions of people all over the world. But it's, just, it's just cool to see even like even some people saying, you know, hey, I I, I want to try this. And you know, I've I've had like people say, oh, I like this girl from like Canada. I was like, I really love this product. Like, can I please buy? And I was like, hey, we don't offer international shipping, but she asked me like two times. And I was like. If you want to paper shipping, you can paper shipping. It's just, it's cool to see that. So that's, I guess, yeah, my long-winded answer. Yeah. But yeah, no, you kind of, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you spend so much time of like, just kind of you building the brand and it kind of being yeah. in your own little bubble. And then to finally yeah. see that other people out there can like, are enjoying it and want to experience yeah. it too is a really cool thing. So. Yeah. Well, Shreya, thank you so much for coming on and being so generous with your time and everything that you shared. The last thing, where can people find you? Where can people follow along and, you know, be around for whenever Senna Nirvana launches and and everything? Yeah. Yeah, What are the the best links? Definitely, you know, our website, it's just kaftari.com, C-A-F-T-A-R-I.com. Our Instagram is at kaftari same spelling tiktok at kaftari and those are probably the best places instagram is where we would announce our launches and you can you know sign up for our newsletter we don't spam it's just once once a week or once two weeks it's kind of a journal introspective way that we engage with our community so we don't really do promotions it's just kind of like literally some things that i like write in my journal that i want to share with the people so i would say that's definitely a great place to start yeah Awesome. I'll have all of those things linked for people so that they can check you out and support everything that you're doing. And yeah, just thank you so much again. It was so great to see you again and yeah, um, and, yeah and catch up and, and talk about your business. And, you know, <laughs> so I'll always be a cheerleader. Obviously, I'm biased because we helped <laughs> design it. But yeah. but still, yeah, I'm just so excited for how you how you've been growing already since the launch and how you're going to continue to grow. So Thank you so much. It was so fun talking to you. And yeah, great catching up. We need to do it more often. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Heartled Brand. If you want to follow along on our guest business journey, support them, shop their products, all of the links will be in our show notes. And if you're a new founder who's looking for resources and advice to build your own heart-led business, make sure to check out our website where we have some freebies for you at wayfarerdesignstudio.com slash resources. And that link is also in the show notes for you. And I'll meet you back here again in two weeks for another chat with an inspiring, thoughtful e-commerce founder. 